at the house, uh, Kaylee and Everly, they got this little table they sit at to uh, eat. And uh, Jody, when we were there, we'd got it to set up. And uh, so they eat at the little table. And sometimes we'll put the food out there and the adults will be in the kitchen fixing their plate, and the little ones is out there done chowing down. And I'll say, have you said your prayers? Don't take very long, oh, Everly. God is good. God is great. Thank you for the food we have. You know, sometimes we'll snuff that off. And we'll say a prayer afterwards because, you know, adults, they say different prayers. But, you know, the Bible says that the little children, out of the mouth of babes, I want you to think about what God is saying there. Oh, they know how to lie because we, we grow up in a sin nature. And they know how to take things away and hit one another and argue and all those things there. And by the way, if we don't teach them any better, they'll think that that's the way of living. But they got a relationship with God, and it's up to us as parents to nurture it or to destroy it. Children do not grow up mean. They're raised mean. They're raised hateful. Say, Brother Arnie, is that your message? No, but it might be if I hang on long enough. I was talking to a guy I work with, and uh, he was telling me that his wife was trying to raise their eight-year-old son to be mean, to be hating. And he said, I'm so proud of my son because he's not doing it. was just a few weeks ago that he told me, he said his son went to his pastor at the church that they was going to, and he told the pastor he wanted to be baptized. He said he didn't tell me, he didn't tell his mama. He told the pastor he wanted to be baptized. And they talked about salvation, and he was baptized, I believe it was, a week back. And then he told me that, that his mom has tried to raise him mean and, and, and hateful. And he refuses to do it. He refuses to follow that path. I'll tell you, we need more kids like that. But I would say that on one side, while one parent's trying to be mean, the other's parent's trying to be loving. You know, the old saying is, the dog you feed the most is the one that gets the strongest. We've got to be mindful of that, church. Division in this world should be separation between those that are lost and those that are saved, not by any other reason. Look around. The devil's doing a good job at destroying us. Not because he is the devil, but because we are listening to what he said. You got a right to listen to the voice you choose to hear. How many of you have one particular station you like better than another? 
and you think about it for a second. You like the way the weatherman is, or you like the way the newscaster is, or you like the music that they play, or you like the shows that are on. There, there's something, whether it's television or radio, we, we've got a choice, and we like some better than we do others. Take this one. We switch stations. Why is it we always think we got no choice but to listen to what the devil has to say? How many of you had nightmares lately? Be honest. Had nightmares. If you don't raise your hand, I see you. I know you're lying to me if you told me you had them. And you ain't telling me, well, brother, you know. I had a dream. This is part of my message, by the way. I had a dream. Do you believe in dreams? I mean, some of you ought to pay attention to me. The Bible says in the last days that young men will dream dreams. Now, some of us is old, right? Too old to be young, too young to be old. There's always somebody older than you somewhere, so that puts you in my category. You're too young to be old, too old to be young. But we're going to dream dreams. We're going to see visions. Things that we don't quite comprehend, but yet they're out there. And the Bible says that this will happen, by the way. Not, not just for men, but for women too. There's things that are going to take place. wake you up and pay attention to God. I had a dream the other night. Shared it with Lynetta. We were somewhere gathered around. The Bible says in the last days that families will turn against one another. You think about that for just a second. We were gathered together just there and we had our gun. Plenty of them. There was some folks around me got some guns. They had plenty of them. The enemy we knew was coming. And we let the enemy inside. I didn't know all these folks. Some of them I recognized, but I didn't know them all, which fits right into the Bible. You know? Some folks is the enemy. You know who they is. But we didn't, we didn't shoot any of them. We let them in. children. Brother Gary, I didn't know why. I asked why. Just because he wanted them. But why? I never could get a straight answer. The devil will never give you a straight answer. He likes parts of the truth to bend the truth. But he don't give you the truth. Think about what he said to Eve and Adam, right? Surely you shall not die, but you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the 
day that they ate of the fruit of the tree, they were not as God, but they knew what God knew. Now, they had a sin nature. They understood they were naked and they were ashamed of their nakedness. And God judged them, kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. The devil knew what he was doing. My enemy came and he never fired a shot. He let him in. Can I tell you, church, we're letting the enemy in? Willingly letting the enemy in. When the enemy gets close enough, the other, why? I, I thought about this later on. How? How come I let the enemy in? How did they just walk right through the doors without any resistance? Why is it you can see the enemy coming, and instead of doing something about it, you just let them walk right on in? Complacent. Laziness, not following God close enough. Or sometimes it's this, until they get in, we don't realize what's going on. And then if we're not careful, it becomes too late, we'll Goliath was questioning the enemy. One of my daughters began to disappear. Now, I don't understand the part of how that was going about where they was, but it doesn't really matter. But I've seen her disappearing through the floor. And all I had was the opportunity to grab her by the hair of her head. She had a ponytail.
We're spending all of our time and our money buying guns and ammunition. Safes and all these other things. And, and I, I'm not saying I, I've got guns, I've got ammunition, I've got a safe. But can I tell you something? They're not going to do any good against the enemy that's coming. Oh, you might protect your food source for a little while. You might protect your money for a little while. You might protect your home for a little while. You might keep your cars for a little while. But can I tell you, we get so distracted trying to keep our possessions that we're losing the greatest possession we ever got with our children and our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, our moms and dads, our brothers and sisters. I mean, to tell you the truth, the world is dying and going to hell, and the devil's glad about it, and we're focused on getting the next gun, getting the next ammunition, or finding another safe place to go have. Hey, church, I'm telling you something. You don't need to be worried about those things. You need to worry about salvation. While we've been fighting and fussing and arguing over who won the election and who didn't win the election, who's going to win the next election, the devil's still doing his job. Say, Brother Arnie, well, you got to be involved. I'm not saying don't get involved, but I'm saying quit paying attention to things so hard that you lose sight of what's really going on. First Peter chapter 5. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. I, I want you to think about that real quick. This world is divided. By party lines. <laughs> you know where I stand. I don't have to tell you. Politically speaking. But you know where I stand. And I, I shouldn't have to tell you spiritually. But we think we got an enemy that occupies a seat. And it don't matter what side of party they're on. If you don't like one party and you go for the other, then the guy in the White House may be the guy that you don't like. And it may be next year that it's somebody else or whatever it is, and we go back and forth thinking about that. But the real enemy, the Bible tells me, is the devil. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Your adversary, the devil. God called him by name in the book of Isaiah, said, Lucifer, how art thou fallen from heaven? How dost thou weaken the nations? Think about it. He is a distractor. He wants you distracted. Get focused on something else. 
If you jump over into the book of Matthew in the fourth chapter there, and I, I'm not going to tell you to go, but I, I've got them out. But, but in the book of Matthew, he tried to distract Jesus. He offered Jesus everything. What did Jesus kept doing? He kept going back to the Word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Why did Jesus go to the Word? Because the truth of the matter is this. The devil will distract you to get you away from the Word. But if you'll just point him back to the Word, you'll have some place to stand. Think about it. Your adversary, the devil. Now, now look at the rest of it. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Well, you don't have to go very far to figure that one out. In the book of Job, it says this. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan come also among them. Read the rest of it. And he's asked, what he's doing? He's roaring, roaming to and fro across the earth. God says, Has thou considered my servant Job? Satan says, Hast thou not built a hedge about him? I'm going to tell you, I think Job built it prayer by prayer by prayer by prayer by prayer. By fasting, by weeping, by offering, by obedience, by understanding. He was paying more attention to God than he was to the world. He even said it might be that my, sin, my, my children have sinned against God. And he would go in prayer on their behalf. He was showing us what it was like, what Jesus did for you and I. He looked down and he sacrificed himself for me and you. But listen to me very carefully. The Bible says in the Old Testament that Satan was rowing to and fro across the earth. In the New Testament it says he is like a roaring lion, a seeking whom he may devour, and he walketh about. For those of you who think the devil's in hell, open your Bible. Those of you who think the devil can't touch you because he's in hell, open your Bible. The devil ain't in hell. He's walking about this earth. Now let me tell you something. He ain't God. He ain't every place at one time. So he ain't at your house bothering you and at my house bothering me. Now he got some helpers. They some wicked, evil spirits in this world. There are demons in this world. And by the way, the Bible even says there's devils in this world. And my Bible ain't wrong. So there could be a possibility why the devil is at your house bothering you. He's got one of his compadres at my house bothering me. And then again, it might be this, that while we want to blame the devil for what's going on, it's really ourselves, our own fleshly lust that's causing us problems. But however you divide it, the Bible says he's walking about. In the New Testament. He's not bound and in hell right now. He's walking about. Seeking whom he may devour. 
Anybody got a piece of candy this morning? A piece of bubble gum? What you got there, brother? You pulled it out of your pocket. Good Lord. Wait a second. What are you doing, Pastor? The devil brought you down, too. Isn't that right? the weapons of our warfare and, and, and it tells us these things there. Put on the whole armor, Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now it didn't say the trickery of me. He didn't tell you to, to put on the whole armor of God so that you're smarter than Ernie. You might be smarter than Ernie. Probably are. I'm not the smartest person in the room, as I've said many times. I'm not the sharpest tack in the pack. But can I tell you something, church, this morning we need to realize this. The devil is out there after us. I, I like my scriptures, though. I I wrote down, I have several here. Again, Jesus used the word of God. Ephesians 4, 27 tells us neither give place to the devil. We find that if we submit ourselves unto God and resist the devil, he will flee from us. Listen, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Period. Who are you submitting to? You're supposed to submit to God. If I submit to God, then that means I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be who God wants me to be. And by the way, the more you want to do what God wants you to do, the more the devil's going to get mad at you. And by the way, you're not just fighting the devil. Sometimes you're fighting yourself. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of Stick fest. You got ready to get up and go to church. You, got, you know, you're getting up and you come to the house of God and the devil says, you don't feel very good. I, I, I just said, I ain't felt good in a while. 
still down here. You don't look very good. <laughs> I don't argue with marriage. But my wife ain't that pretty good looking. We've been with me for 32 years. I can get it done. Well, those folks got lied to. I feel great? Not every day, but did I feel horrible? No, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. Wasn't near as bad as it was before. The devil wants us to be afraid of things that we know that's in the hand of God. Last Sunday night, they, I told Netta, I said, I would have asked for it. I really would have asked for you to anoint and pray for me. But I'm just not that way. But when Zach asked to do it last Sunday night, and all you men gathered around me, my heart was touched. Folks, we're not defeated, but we get discouraged. But you want to know how to get undiscouraged? Get around people who realize they're not defeated. Why? And I, I won't harp on this very much, but, but I'm going to have to. Why does the Bible tell us that in the last days, when we see things going on, when we know the end is getting closer, and we know that, that, that the devil's out there, and he's a magnificent, wonderful liar. You said, Brother Herney, you just called him wonderful and magnificent. Hey, let me tell you, the Bible tells us he's good at his job. Quit thinking that he's not. Why are so many people going to hell? There's more going to hell than they are to heaven. Read your Bible, church. You're not getting into heaven by the skin of your teeth. You're going through the blood of Christ. And the Bible says that God will not be merciful to those who thought the blood of Christ was to be trampled on. 
10, Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. The devil likes wavering. James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Not some of them, all of them. Then he goes on. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good works. How do you do that? you got to get together, church. You got to communicate. You cannot provoke me by sitting somewhere away from where I'm at and never communicating with me. You got to get around. And then the next verse is the one that I think people hate in the Bible. I, 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 ignoring the Bible. That, I'm going to tell you, there are some folks who think Revelation shouldn't be in the Bible. There are people who don't believe the New Testament belongs with the Old Testament. And by the way, there's some folks think the earth's flat. And you and I have done this morning and say, well, you know what, that's crazy. But we don't think it's crazy when somebody simply ignores a verse of Scripture. Now, what's the next verse? We don't like it verse, but we use it a lot. Not forsaking ourselves the assembling together. Well, it says, church, don't forsake it. If you can't, God understands. But if you won't, God understands. You ever thought about that? The devil doesn't want us to get together. When Brother Bill and Sister Joanne walked in this morning, I, you know, the devil said, well, you know, they haven't been here in a while. And my heart goes, oh, praise God, they come through the door. They've been going through a lot. I know why they haven't been here. Haven't communicated as much as I want to with them, but they've been keeping up with me. Sister Joanne says, what are they doing back there? I thought there for a minute, said she knew something I didn't know about the church doing something about me. But can I tell you that hunger to be back in the house of God? Why? To be around people that love Him. Support and prayer. And when we can, we don't. God knows that. Church, you're not you're not denying me anything. Can I, can I tell you the truth? It, it's not. It, it's upsetting to me. It's disheartening to me. I don't like it. I'm your pastor. I want you to be in the house of God. When the doors are opened up, we ought to make an effort to get into the house of God. And I'm telling you something this morning, but we don't want to do that. We don't think that verse means very much. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as some as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Well, Brother Ernie, you know, that's one of them traditional things. No, it's biblical things. When God said, thou shalt not, did he change it? Because Jesus came. Read your Bible. Did he change a bit? 
But the devil is about making changes. And my Bible is about making us better. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know your labor is not in vain in Christ Jesus. Everything else I do is in vain. One day I will die. My 401k, my pension, if they exist, my savings account, my checking account, if they exist, somebody else will get. My wife will get them. She might buy a new sewing machine. My kids may get them. I have no idea what they'll do. The government may get them because they're just greedy and sin. But by the grace of God, if I'm still alive and well, you will get some. My family knows to tithe. If they inherit it from me, they better tithe on it. It wasn't theirs. They got it. Their first fruits belong to God. But the devil, he wants you to think about all the things that you've got in this world and let them possess you instead of you possessing them and neglect the one thing that you need to be looking at in this world, and that's Jesus. We're materialistically destroying ourselves. The devil loves it. He's the adversary. Can I tell you this? And I'll close with this one right here. The, war, the Lord warned Simon Peter. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, he said this. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desire to have you that he may sift you as wheat. By the way, the devil doesn't want to sift the bad out. He wants to sift the good out. You ever sift flour? You do it for two reasons. Makes it fluffy, breaks it apart, puts a little air in there, makes it light. A lot easier to, I, I say a lot easier, a lot better to cook with light flour. The layer makes great biscuits. But the other reason is to get any impurities out of it. The devil wants to sift you not to get the impurity out, but rather to get the good out. He wants to sift the word of God out of you. He wants to sift the love of God out of you. He wants to sift the joy of God out of you. He wants to sift the desire to serve God out of you. He wants to sift the, the desire to love and pray for your family out of you. He wants to sift you out of the service this morning. He wants to just do all that he can to get rid of us. And I know that there's plans been made. People got plans. I got plans. You got plans. Hey, some of us may not have any plans, but the devil doesn't care. He's still distracting you because it's time to go home. And if it's time to go home, you got to get out. Well, instead of getting out, let's get in. Get in the altar. Get in the Bible. 
I mean, let's get in prayer, get in fellowship, get in love, get in grace, get in strength, get involved, get determined. In the end, whether you have a will or you don't have a will, everything you got is going somewhere. Well, by the grace of God, my will for, for all my stuff goes to my wife, my children, training my church family. But more importantly, His will deserves that I got saved. One day in May, 1990, I got saved. And boy, I'll tell you, the devil's been trying to pull me out of his will ever since then. The old saying is, where there's a will, there's a way. Well, Jesus made the will, and now I follow his way. Because the Bible says that the will is not in effect as long as the testator is alive. And he died on Calvary's cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. He rose on the third day. He ascended into heaven. He now stands at the right side of God making intercession for me and for you. And I'm in his will. And by his grace, I'm getting his way. What are you going to do? Tyler, my family is saying in this room, beware that name tag. Father, today we thank you, Lord, for your love and mercy and your grace. Ask you, dear God, today to help us, Lord. God, we know the truth, and yet we do very little about it. Help us, Lord, this morning. Help me, God, this morning. Lord, you gave me a dream not to make me afeard, but God, to see the truth. Help us, God. Help me. Make us what we need to be. Shape us, dear God. Give us the strength to fight. Not with weapons that are carnal, but the spiritual weapons you've given us. Father, we ask you these things today in Christ's holy name. Amen.